Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky. And I'm joined again by producer Nico. Got a lot to get to on today's show. We have our grading, our star rating, grading the offensive side of the ball against the rest of the division. How the offense for the Texans position group by position group stacks up to the rest of the AFC South. Before we get into that, we have to talk, though, about the Frank Reich news, the Colts in general. In general, Nico how floored were you by it seems like just breaker after breaker coming from the Colts organization Frank Reich is out Jeff Saturday is in what's going on here yeah this is a really weird situation I mean like it's not like they were doing well so it's not like a total surprise but it it is very odd I saw a tweet from field uh Yates on on Twitter he posted that to the best of his knowledge, no head coach has guided. There has not been a head coach in the NFL that has received a head coaching job without any prior experience at the NFL or collegiate level. That's pretty crazy. I mean, unsurprising. There's only 32 of these jobs in the world. So, I mean... There's part of me that that thinks, you know what, this team has been trying with these different coaches that have these resumes, and uh, after Andrew Luck sent this organization into a literal tailspin uh, of trying different quarterbacks with, I mean, success, they have made playoffs, but they've never they've never been in danger of winning a Super Bowl to any extent. I don't think anybody was picking them to win a Super Bowl even when they were trying these different veteran quarterbacks out and now they aren't playing Matt Ryan it, it just they are in this weird sort of purgatory of a decent roster and that's never going to have a draft pick that gets them a quarterback that changes things and so they've been trying their their best to plug in a quarterback that they find in free agency these these vets you think about uh they had Jacoby Brissett just because that was who was there when Andrew Luck left and then they bring in uh, Philip Rivers and then they have of course Carson Wentz and then they bring in Matt Ryan no success despite the fact that there are pro bowlers on defense and offense all over this roster and they're just kind of spinning their tires of this team that's either a fringe playoff team or a team that gets into the playoff and is one and done and so I guess it makes sense it's very strange that they go Jeff Saturday for this position TV analysts he coached an academy football team I mean it's pretty wild but maybe they're maybe the thinking is just you know what 
we're going to really go outside of the box because we have a weird situation and we're just going to try and bring in somebody that's going to bring that Peyton Manning-esque locker room back to this Colts team. Or maybe it's just we like that he's uh, he's kind of seen how successful organizations work, seen what successful teams look like, and can bring that attitude and that methodology to the team. I mean, it's got to be one of those two, and it feels like a long shot, but if you're the Colts, maybe that's what you want is a long shot because you don't want to sell too many of these pieces to get in a position where you can try and compete for a championship, but you still are a quarterback away, which just happens to be the most important position. Very strange stuff. It'll be interesting, though. I I mean, this is right in our, in our division that we cover. Do you think that this helps the Texans long run or hurts them? Oh, this definitely helps them. I mean, we've always kind of had a weird problem with the Colts. Just We just lose to them for no reason all the time. So I think that'll solve this problem. I think this is just uh, future-proofing. Either that or, like, someone owed Jeff Saturday, like, a, a million dollars. They're like, what if I can get you a head coaching position? He's like, I'll take it. Like, that's, like, what's happening? <laughs> this would be interesting in a, a stacked quarterback class if – the Texans and Colts both go for uh, a, a quarterback in this class. So you have two rookies from the same class and very different teams and organizations. And you also have Malik Willis, uh, depending on how he plays the rest of the season, maybe he's vying to take over that job in his sophomore season next year in the Titans role. And then you have what would be third year quarterback Trevor Lawrence at that point wild wild division for quarterbacks yeah uh it's gonna be interesting I'm, I'm really i'm really excited to see it but yeah i don't this is the weirdest move probably in the history of moves <laughs> yeah i wonder i mean the trade deadline obviously is over so i wonder if they are going to just make moves aggressively at the draft or i, I wonder I wonder what the next couple of months look like under Jeff Saturday, what that tenure looks like. It's going to be very strange. It's it's definitely going to be one we're going to have to keep checking in on. We're going to have to have a, a, Colts, co- a Colts coach watch every single week to just kind of what's he doing check now? out what's going yeah. on with that situation. <laughs> yeah, it's either going to be like, wow, he's doing really impressive, or wow, this building can, in fact, burn even hotter. <laughs> It's one of those where it almost seems like he applied as a joke, and then they called him back, and we're like, we really love your resume. He's like, you serious? <laughs> He's like, you know I've never been a coach, right? They're like, yeah, no problem. We'll teach you the ropes. That doesn't, that doesn't bother us. We're good. Can you start tomorrow? <laughs> it's like, uh... And they hand, him the, they hand him the keys. They're like, great, we'll see you on Monday. I, I guess I guess he's just in in the living room with his wife. I guess I'm the head coach of the Colts now. I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, basically. Ah, man. Yeah, and I mean it is uh what, the interim basis which it would be weird. So it let's say that you get through the season and he's not the head coach. Would that make this move even weirder or would it make more sense if he's just kind of steering the ship until they get to the off season and they can decide, are we tearing it down to the studs? Are we just trying to make a couple of moves to get 
uh, one of these quarterbacks and trying to kind of rebuild on the fly. Uh, who's the head coach in that scenario? Yeah, it's, does it make more sense if they if they just go stick with the intern basis, or does it make more sense to just keep him in there because it's such a random choice? Yeah, I mean, if he's just holding the house down, it's not weird. I think where it starts to get weird is if they're like, "We liked it so much that you can stay." Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, very, very strange. We'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, for now, let's let's dive back into these midseason grades. Uh, and take a look at take a look at the offensive side for the midseason grades. Before we get into all that, though, let's hear from some sponsors. Okay, everybody, let me tell you all about the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More Adventure Stadium. That's right. And we already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra- and trading card store they have on the first floor. They also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards. It's awesome. Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the, the original Adventure Begins, and the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. It's time to trade in your face masks for masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. Family friendly, low impact activities for everybody. Go check them out. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in a hands-on lab course learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call ASIN Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's ASIN Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Welcome back in. So last episode, we had the defensive side of the ball for midseason grades. Uh, we're giving them a star rating, just like if these were recruits getting ready for a collegiate run. And again, we're doing a little something different with these midseason grades. Instead of just slapping a grade on how we think this performance, a little more abstract grading, we're going to grade them against how they performed in comparison to the rest of the AFC South. Because the old mantra is, if you want to win, you start by beating your division. And so if that is, in fact, the best way to go about doing this football thing, then we are comparing the Houston Texans to the AFC South competition and seeing how they stack up position group by position group in comparison to the rest of the AFC South. So we had defense last episode. We're going through the offense. The offense, when you're grading that, it depends. There's so many spots that depend, and you can kind of base that off of other positions. 
how you're looking at different stats and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to start with ones that stand a little bit more alone. Obviously, all this stuff, it's a team sport. It all threads together. But we're going to do the fairly standalone positions first, and then we're going to get into the rest of the positions. So let's start with running back. Uh, the rushing offense ranks uh, in the NFL in yards. The Jaguars are first amongst the division in NFL ranking. They rank seventh. The Titans are 13th in the NFL. The Texans 22nd. The Colts 28th. So when you're looking at the division, how they stack up in their NFL rating for yards, Jags, Titans, Texans, Colts, rushing touchdowns. It goes very much the same order. Jags rank 8th. Titans rank 14th. Texans 30th. Colts 31st. And then yards per attempt, you have the Jags at 4 Titans at 19, Texans at 23, Colts at 29. So if you're looking at this, this is probably the toughest position group in the entire division to grade because this is actually kind of stacked. You have uh, Travis Etienne for the Jaguars playing absolutely out of his mind. That running attack looks great. And as far as where they rank in the NFL, uh, they lead the AFC South in all of those categories like you just heard. The Titans obviously have Derrick Henry. He can take over a game, it seems like, any time they are able to really rely on him. If they aren't playing from behind a tremendous lean and they're behind a tremendous lead from their opponent, then they're able to lean on him, control the pace of the game, grind out a game, which is what the Texans really would like to do a lot more with Damian Pierce, who has looked fantastic once they've committed to him all the way. And then, of course, you have the Colts down year, but that's because of the injuries for Jonathan Taylor, and we know what he can do when he is fully healthy. If I'm going to rank these, I got to say... I think you have to take into account the youth of some of these uh, of some of these running backs, and so if you're banking on a couple of these backs, but again, it's see, it's tough because I don't want to be the guy who's betting against Derrick Henry either. But if you're banking on some of these guys to be bell cows, and that's the other unique thing is that it really seems like this is one of the few divisions in football where every single team has a three down bell cow back Travis Etienne clearly developed into that guy over the last several weeks we know Derek Henry can do that we know that Jonathan Taylor is that guy and everything early on looks to be telling us that Damian Pierce is that guy as well so if we're ranking these guys and again, offensive line factors into that. We'll get to the offensive line in a minute here. You have some uh, studs. I mean, you, we all know about Quentin Nelson on the Colts, but some of those tackles uh, can get a little shaky. The Texans offensive line, probably the shakiest in this group. And the Jaguars playing surpri surprisingly solid run, pat, uh, run blocking. Uh, the, the Titans, again, they are built to be behind Derrick Henry, which gets that offense into trouble sometimes, honestly. We'll get to that in a little bit. But if I'm going to rank these, I'm, I'm going to give the Jaguars the nod at 4.5 stars because they have played really well. And they're leading the division in every single one of these statistical categories. Texans, 
right on their heels. I'll give them 4.3 stars. And then I'm giving the Texans, I'm knocking their running game, but as far as pure just run, grading the running backs, I'm putting Damian Pierce uh, right there with Jonathan Taylor. He'll get dinged for the uh, the offensive line play as well. The thing that helps Taylor, I would say, is the pass catching. But they're right there in the, the second tier of this group, I would say. So I would put the Jags uh, running back because of how they're feeding Travis Etienne. And their offensive line honestly seems to be right there with the Titans as far as better play, which plays into the running back grade, I would say. I know that some people would grade this as standalone, but I think all of this threads together at least a little bit. So we're going to Jags 4.5. We're going Titans 4.3, Colts 4.2, and I have the Texans at 4.1. All really close there together. Uh, Nico, am I doing this wrong? Should I be grading the running backs independently, or does the offensive line have to play a little bit? Because most of these guys, that's where they're getting dinged. And Jonathan Taylor, you could argue that he goes above Derrick Henry because of the pass-catching ability that you see also from Travis Etienne, even though he's injured. Not sure what you're going to get from him the rest of the year. But I'm basing that a little bit off of last year's performance, which maybe isn't fair. Uh, Anyways, do you think the offensive line should play into this grading a little bit, like I said, or do you think it should be standalone running back talent? Uh, I think you could make it just standalone running back talent. I think the offensive line gives you opportunity, but I feel like they kind of have their own job in like creating opportunity for the other players. So... It's tough to say. Like, if the offensive line isn't good, no one is good. But <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if we're, if the offensive line isn't good, you probably have the best chance with Derrick Henry because he's just going to slam into the, into the line for three yards for three quarters until he wears down that defensive front, and then he's going to break one loose. That's kind of his his go-to, and that's kind of the, the Derrick Henry method. I. Uh, I mean, if we're if we're just grading these standalone because of the injuries to Jonathan Taylor and how you you're not sure what he's going to look like, he's a little bit more of a question mark the rest of the way. You maybe go if you're just doing standalone running backs, you maybe go Travis Etienne, Derrick Henry, Damian Pierce, Jonathan Taylor in that scenario. And I'm giving the nod to ETN over over Derrick Henry. Again, he's just looked really good. Uh, and he's helping the Jaguars to some pretty impressive, I mean, they're top 10 in rushing offense. That's in large part to him. And he also uh, is a pretty solid pass catcher out of the backfield as well. So I, I think that he kind of flies under the radar because the Jaguars struggle and because they haven't won a ton of games and that offense looks weird at points, but he's good. He's really good. And so I don't know if that changes my rankings too much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I don't think it does, honestly. <laughs> All right, well, in that on that note, let's go to quarterback right away because this is going to be one that really impacts the rest of these. Uh, so passing offense, yards, Colts are 7th, Jaguars 18th. Texans 27th, Titans 31st. Completion percentage, Colts are 4th. Again, this is amongst all teams in the NFL. I'm pulling out the AFC South teams. Completion percentage, 4th, Colts, 19th, Titans, 26th, Texans, 27th, Jaguars. Touchdowns, passing touchdowns, 17th, Texans, 18th, Jaguars, 19th, Colts, 31st, Titans, Picks, you have the Titans at 4, Jaguars at 16, Texans at 27th, and Colts at 29th. Again, for the picks, the rankings, it's fewest to most picks. So Colts at 29th there, the worst for picks in the AFC South. Sacks taken. You have Jaguars at 3rd. Titans, again, the bigger the number, the more sacks you're allowing. 16th for the Titans. 18th for the Texans, 29th for the Colts. Uh, some interesting ones that maybe are a little abstract, but I thought I'd throw them in there. Fourth quarter comebacks. You have the Colts, one. Everyone else has zero fourth quarter comebacks. And then game-winning drives. So fourth quarter comebacks, that's where you're getting the game, uh, where you're scoring when the game is within one score in the fourth quarter. And then game-winning drives. Colts have two. Uh, and the Texans have one. Everyone else in the division has zero. Now, it seems kind of wonky, but really the Colts have needed to win games in the final, <laughs> the final quarter. And even coming down to the last drive, that's most of their games. They're... All their wins, I believe, are fourth-quarter comebacks, and two uh, half of their wins have required a game-winning drive. So that one kind of – those are two kind of weird stats, but I thought it was worth throwing in there just to show that this entire division really, outside of the Colts, is not good in the fourth quarter at all. <laughs> uh, so now let's, let's get to grading the quarterbacks. Uh, this is going to be interesting because – there's some question marks. So let me lay it out before we get to the actual grading. The question marks are, do you want to give the Texans a plus for the fact that they clearly are going to be drafting a quarterback? And so Davis Mills isn't the future of this position. He just has to hold the spot for another half season. Is it a, actually a bonus that they're going to for sure change out with a young talent at the end of the season uh, in relation to what the other quarterbacks look like in the division. You have a mix right now of Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger for the Colts, 
You have uh, Trevor Lawrence, who feels very much like this is still his rookie season after you had the Urban Meyer redshirt year last year. And then you have, is it Malik Willis, if he plays well enough uh, with the, I mean, he looked pretty solid. I know that the fourth quarter kind of fell apart for them, but he looked pretty solid early on against the Chiefs. Is that a job that he can take over? Uh, does that help the grade for the Titans? Does that hurt them? It's a weird spot to grade. This is an absolute mess of a division if you're looking at their quarterbacks. So I'm going to go off of your outlook going forward for the next half of the season into the off season is the way I'm going to grade this. Because I think all of these teams are hoping that the position can just show a silver lining on the horizon for all of them. Whether whether Tannehill comes back and he looks good, whether uh, Malik Willis is going to take over that spot, whether Trevor Lawrence starts to show that he's putting together the pieces at the end of the season, whether the Colts find out who exactly is going to be running the ship next year, whatever that looks like, and for the Texans, it's whoever they draft at quarterback. I think it's got to be some of this position grade has to be on your outlook and where that is. And so with that in mind, I have Jaguars and these, this is a pretty dismal group for this entire division. So it's going to be a low star rate. I have the Jaguars at 3.1. I have the Texans at 2.8 stars. I have the Titans at, at 2.4 stars and I have the Colts at 1.5 stars Nico am I way off is it a weird way to grade it I feel like this has to be the way you grade it when everybody is looking to the next quarterback it seems at this division or at least the next version of the quarterback they have right no I, I don't I don't disagree I think this is kind of a this is kind of a ranking of a bunch of terrible people who are probably going to lose their jobs so, like, prospect is going to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, like, it I mean, even if be. you're, like, if you're the Jaguars and you're you're probably, I don't see a scenario where they're moving off of Trevor Lawrence, but I think the goal isn't to see him be the guy you want him to be this year. The goal is just to see that he's making steps towards that, right? In the last couple of games, you want to see uh, – a version of the guy you hope he is next year. You're not expecting to see that guy, you know? And so even the guys who are staying around be that, that it, that might only be Trevor Lawrence. You're still looking forward. You're not looking like, okay, how do, how can we get better? How, how can he become that guy in the next couple of weeks? It's going to be, how can we get a, <laughs> how can we get an inkling that he's going to be that guy next year? You know? Yeah, what can we improve to make him not as garbage as he is now? Exactly. It's all about outlook for all of these teams. And I think that's why I would give the Texans that high of a grade is because, you know what, they've got a guy who clearly is worried about trying not to make the horrible turnover, the big mistake, just manage these games and get to the draft where they're going to take C.J. Stroud or someone uh, at the top of this draft. And – if you're a Texans, if you're a Texans organization who knows now that Davis Mills is not the guy, I think that honestly puts you above the Colts, who don't think they have the guy either, and also 
don't at least not right now don't have the draft pick to get him. Yeah, and also have a just made one of the weirdest moves in all of football, so that's cool. Maybe they're ahead. Exactly, we don't know. Exactly. It could always be worse. It could always be worse. Uh, for the quarterbacks tonight, I probably should have uh, listed this earlier, but one other thing of note, if you have scoring, how they rank, Jaguars 20th, Titans 24th, Texans 29th, Colts 30th. Third down conversion, Colts are 5th, Jaguars are 13th. You have the Titans, or excuse me, the Texans 29th, Titans 31st. Red zone percentage, Titans are 2nd, Texans are 19th, Jaguars are 25th, Colts 26th. You see where I'm getting here, where a lot of these, uh, the Colts are laying. You have time for the drives, uh, average drive time. 16th for the Jaguars, 23rd for the Titans, 28th for the Texans, and 30th for the Colts. Scoring percentage, 19th for the Jaguars, 26th for the Texans, 27th for the Colts, 28th for the Titans. The Colts are lagging in a lot of these categories. They're just not a good scoring offense, not a good uh, converting, uh, or excuse me, the the lead actually in third down conversion, but they're not good at converting red zone trips, not good at making drives last, not good at turning a high percentage of their drives into scoring drives. So, uh, while that's a, definitely a team issue for them, a lot of that falls at the feet of the quarterback position. That also is worth noting. All right, let's get over to the uh, to the receiving core. And I thought about breaking this into wide receivers, tight ends, but honestly, I, I think that we can grade these as one. Just your receiving core in general. As far as your pass catchers, how do you look as a group? And so let's go let's go through it. It's it's a weird group as well. I mean, you think about the uh, the Jaguars, and we already went through their pa- passing statistics, so I'll spare you that again. But you think about, I mean, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, uh, Marvin jo- Jones Jr., Jr. Uh, you have Calvin Ridley coming in next year. Uh, you have Evan Ingram. A lot of guys that if they were on your fantasy team, you'd feel really good about it if they were your second receiver, not your first receiver. Feels like a lot of like twos, right? And then you go over, you look at the Colts. Outside of Pittman, not a group you're relying on. Not, I mean, Paris Campbell, you're not relying on week in and week out. Moali Cox, you're not relying on week in and week out. Then you go over to the Texans. Their best receiver they can't get to play right now. <laughs> and then you have uh, a mix of Nico Collins, Philip Dorsett, uh, Chris Moore. These guys feel like a group where you wouldn't really feel good if they were anything but your third receiver on your fantasy team. Maybe not even that. You have guys who show potential. That catch from uh, Jordan at tight end was insane. Didn't keep his feet in. Uh, you have guys uh, at tight end like Aikens who... Show flashes, O.J. Howard, but they're not going to be consistently there. Going over the Titans, it gets even worse. You have a mix of uh, tight ends that you wouldn't recognize. They had a a rookie tight end 
uh, take what was that first play of the game, what, 50 yards, and then he didn't have a catch the rest of the game. You have Trey Burks, who uh, the the product out of Arkansas could be really good, but he's not taking over any games. And then Woods, another guy who you feel really great about if he's your second-best receiver. This is a entire division where if you're looking at the entire division – as a collective, I think they have one true number one receiver in Pittman, which is kind of crazy. I think that the entire division has one true number one receiver in Pittman. I am, am I wrong, wrong, Nico? It feels like that's the one guy. I feel like ours would be a lot better if we had a better quarterback, but I mean, like, ifs and so's, so, like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so let's say that you put in – I don't know. Let's say that you put in uh, Allen, Josh Allen, into this offense. Are you really feeling that much better about Nico Collins? Are you really feeling that much better about Chris Moore? Or are those guys elevated to like the Christian Kirk status, where they're great twos, but they aren't ones? And, I mean, Philip Dorsett, He's not even a two, man. Even if Josh Allen's on that team, he's not even a two. And so that's the weird part is, and so if you're looking at this, even if the stats aren't bearing it out, the grading has to go as such where it's Colts and Pittman is really good, but that receiving core in general, not great, not great. And none of these are going to be great, but I would give a slight edge, slight edge, 3.8 3.8 star grade to the Colts, 3.7 to the Jaguars because I like their collection more, but they don't have a true one. But I like the collective that they have at receiving court better than anything that the rest of this division has. I would go Texans in the third slot at 3.1, and I would put the Titans in at four at th- at two. I don't like what they have at all. You're really banking on Burks to to change a whole lot to really lift and elevate this entire group. They don't really have an established tight end. Woods is their best guy, and he definitely is a two, a move-the-sticks possession kind of receiver. Uh, The Texans, they have a collection of tight ends that that feel like they're on the cusp of one of them maybe being a guy maybe and then they do have a a collection of receivers that would be maybe two and threes on a a regular team solid two and threes but they're probably all threes on a, a below average team and if Brandon Cooks plays he's kind of a question mark about what you're going to get from him the rest of the season but he is actually a really good uh receiver this this is just a kind of a down group to grade though in general. Uh, Nico, would you weight Pittman higher and put them slot the Colts receiving core higher, or would you take the sum of the parts that the Jaguars have? Uh, I don't like giving the Colts credit for anything, so I, I'm going to go with the Jaguars. <laughs> That's fair. I mean. At the end of the day, if I could switch receiving cores with any team, 
I would probably do it with the Colts though, because I would take Pittman and just whatever random assortment they're giving me, because I would still get Pittman. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the only the only true one here that we have. <laughs> all right, now let's get to the offensive tackles. We've gone through all the stats. Uh, I I think that this is going to come down to Jags and Titans. The Jaguars don't let uh, a lot of stat or a lot of sacks up. They're a good running team. Uh, they do a decent job of protecting Trevor Lawrence. The Titans, another team, uh, they are pretty middle of the road as far as allowing sacks and pressures, but they're second in the division in those categories. A good running team. Again, they take all second seat to in the rushing statistics to the Jaguars. Uh, I think they're a solid group just across the board. The Colts have names like Quentin Nelson uh, at guard on the interior. Uh, they've got some, some nice pieces on the interior of their line, but their tackles are shaky. And the, the Texans, they have some young guys that could turn out here, but they're a pretty shaky group as well. Uh, and there's some games that they can come on strong. There's some games that they just wither. I mean, that, that game for the Raiders, when the defense pinned their ears back, they just kind of withered in that fourth quarter. All that to say, I think that I would put the Jaguars at number one. I'm going to give them a 3.6 grade. I'm going to give the Titans a 3.4 grade. And I'm actually going to take the – I'm going to kind of take the cop-out route, and I'm going to give the Colts and Texans a tying grade at 2.9. Man, that's tough on the Colts. You you just said you didn't you didn't trust me, but there you go. I mean, here's the thing: is that the young guys, if you're trying to project out, and the young guys have had their moments, it's not great, but they've had their moments on the offensive line. Uh, they've managed. I mean, they had like a weird departure from the line early in the year. They've had some murky waters to go through this isn't going to be a stellar group but I would say that this line can can hold it together at times and there are there are some silver linings and I think the Colts I think that as good as the interior is the exterior of that offensive line is not that great and pretty shaky uh Maybe that's the switches at quarterback. Maybe that's injuries to the running back speaking more to that than anything else. But that's that's the way it looks. If you're going through the stats, you're watching some of these games, that's the kind of the way it looks. And again, not all of it's on the line, but you look at sacks, pressures, stuff like that. They're pretty bad just as far as the league is concerned, let alone the division. So that's where I'm that's where I'm looking at. That's where I have it. That's fair. I mean, it looks like a as terrible as we are. <laughs> no one's gonna get a five star anywhere here near here yet. Not yet, anyways. <sighs> not yet, not yet. But we'll we'll see what the future holds. There's some there's some silver lining, some some bright spots that you can look towards in the future for the Texans. Uh, 
this will be a division that will continue to fascinate you even if the fascination comes from how bad it got. <laughs> That's for sure. That's where we're living right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's what we got on our plate. All right. That's all I got. That's all I got for you folks. Thank you so much for listening. Nico, thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit. Make sure that you are subscribing because guess what? We're going to have content coming to get you ready for another weekend of football. That's all coming later in the week. For right now, he's producer Nico. I'm Colt Molesky. Thank you so much for listening to another installment of Battle Red Radio. <laughs>